Well, hey everyone, hope you're doing well. Um, I am waiting for a friend uh, to have lunch, uh, but I thought I'd do like a mini Bible study <laughs> while I'm waiting. I got a little little while, maybe like uh, 10 to 15 minutes. So wanted to do a little Bible study in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting with verse 11. And again, this was written after, you know, when Peter was older uh, in his life. This was what it wasn't when he was young and on fire or before that when he was young and a failure, which we know, you know, Peter spoke up when he shouldn't have. He denied the Lord three times. He um, uh, he is seen as the leader as he's always listed first, right, as he's the most vocal. But uh, he's also failed a lot because um, he spoke before he thought. But God restored him after he failed. And he went on to preach a Pentecost, as we know. And uh, thousands of people got saved because of it. Uh, but he had to go through that process. But here, in First Peter, he's writing these letters when he's older. He's older and he really is wiser. And he's been through a lot. He's been through moments of faith. He's been through times of failure. Um, he's been through times where... He walked in the flesh and did not walk in the spirit where he was struggling because of his own actions and decisions. Uh, but here he's older, he's wiser. It's almost like he's looking back in hindsight going, this is what I learned. This is what you need to do. And he gives exhortations, you know, and that's what the Bible says, right? The older should teach the younger. And that's really the pattern that should happen. The older godly people should teach and disciple the younger in the faith. And I love what he says in um, 1 Peter 2, 11. First he says, beloved. Don't you love that? Beloved. Such a, a term of endearment, a term of like a father to a son. Beloved. He says this, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. So he's employing, he's begging, he's serious with, with what he is about to say. And he recognizes that they're sojourners and pilgrims. As believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are not on this earth forever. We are sojourners. We are pilgrims. Which means we are travelers. We're on, like Paul, we're on missionary journeys. God's given us missions to fulfill. And we want to obey God and follow him so we can live in the middle of that mission and of those missions. We are sojourners or travelers on the face of this earth. We're pilgrims. We're here for a little while and then we're gone. And so here, uh, Peter starts with the term of endearment. Uh, but then he talks about how he's begging them with what he's about to say. He says, I beg you as temporary citizens of earth, but permanent citizens of heaven, basically. I beg you to do what? Well, something not to do. He says, I, to abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Man. So 1 Peter 2.11, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. There is a war going on between darkness and light. An unseen battle that is going on behind the scenes that is invisible, but yet that affects everything. It affects everything. 
It's kind of like cells, protons, neutrons, electrons, wind. You can't see these things, but they're there. And they affect what we see. You can't see the war going on. You might not see the battle. Satan you know, may not be throwing darts of darkness at you. But you can feel the effects of his oppression upon your mind. You can feel the effects of his discouragement upon your life. There's a battle going on. There's a war against the soul. Because the enemy wants you to fail. Because your flesh wants to give in every day. Because the world wants to indoctrinate you and brainwash you to make you think its ways are better than God's ways. It is a war. So we need to be on guard. We need to be ready for battle. And so Peter, writing to those whom he loved, believers, he says, I beg you, I beg you, abstain from fleshly lusts. He's speaking from experience, we know. Because his flesh failed all the time. He was rebuked by Jesus. He said, get, me, get behind me, Satan. You're not speaking the things of God, basically. He gave you into fear. And he denied Jesus once, twice, three times. He let his flesh win. And so being older now, he's looking back going, Guys, it's never worth it to give in to the lust of the flesh. Nothing good will come out of giving in to the lust of the flesh. Because the lust of the flesh war against the things of the spirit. They try to lure your soul away from the things of God. The lust of the flesh are no good. Abstain from fleshly lust which war against your soul. And he goes on in verse 12. Having your conduct honorable among all the Gentiles. Be honorable. Do the right thing. Have integrity. That's what God wants. That's godly character. He says that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So we can even be witnesses to those who are mocking us and laughing at us like the enemies of Nehemiah. By our good works, by what we do. Now we're not saved by good works, but now that we're saved, we get to work for the Lord and that is honorable. That is amazing because... Like Peter said, we're sojourners, we're pilgrims, we're here for a short time. So what are you, what am I spending our lives doing? Being about our father's work or doing our own thing? There's a war going on. And we need to make sure that we're ready in season and out of season like the word says. Because there are moments where it feels like we're out of season. And it feels like we're not ready. And we don't want to deal with anything. <laughs> we just want to... As part of giving into the lust of the flesh is not just actively doing something. But giving into the lust of flesh it also means being passive in the things of God. And doing nothing when you're called to make a stand. That's also just as bad. If not worse, the sin of omission, of backing away, of giving up and not doing anything when something 
is on your heart to do from the Lord. You know. I know we don't think of it often that way. Less of the flesh shows you. We think of like sexual lust. Like I gave in. I took action and I shouldn't have. You know, I was at this place. I looked at this thing on my phone. I, I looked at a billboard. I started thinking thoughts. I started looking at, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, and of course Job says to, he guards his eyes. We need to protect our eyes. Sure. But this also has to do with speaking out of turn. With not speaking up when you're supposed to. With not doing anything when God calls you to do something. Because the flesh is lazy. It's corrupt, right? It's sinful, but it's lazy. It doesn't want to do anything. Oh, yeah, I know I should go do that. I know I should go do that for God and everything. But, man, I'm just tired. I worked hard. I deserve just to do nothing. And then you do nothing and you end up sinning any, any, anyway. Because you know you should have gone up and get out. Like David, right? He was supposed to get out and be with his men in battle. This was what a king did. He didn't just hang out at his castle. So David was like, I'm going to sit this one out. And so what happens? Well, he sees some lady bathing on the roof and, and, and David's married. And, and then he calls for Bathsheba to come over. And and um, the rest is sort of a dark history because David was idle. He let his... He let the lust of his flesh, he let his flesh get control because the flesh loves to be fed with gossip, with slander, with dissension and division. The flesh loves to be fed. It wants, it's so hungry. But are you feeding it or starving it? Because if you feed the flesh, it's going to want more and more and more. If you starve the flesh, it'll die and you can live by the spirit. And that's the thing that Galatians 5.16 always um, walk in the spirit so as not to fulfill the lust of the flesh and so peter is begging these guys guys my beloved i beg your sojourners your pilgrims listen i beg you do not give in to the lust of the flesh because it's a war and the enemy loves when you give in to the to the flesh but fight against it with the spirit with the armor of god with the sword of the spirit with god with god's word Fight against it. Don't be idle. Don't give in to the lust of the flesh in action or in inaction if God's calling you to do something. Follow him. Seek him. Watch what he does. Know that walking in the spirit is always the best thing to do. It's always the best thing to do. It's always the godly thing to do. It's always what God is calling us to do. He never says, you know, walk in the flesh so you can reach these people. God wouldn't do that because that's called compromise, which leads to complacency, which which becomes normalized, which is not good. Because then our hearts become hard. So war against, man, it's a war. Fight against the lust of the flesh by the spirit, by and through God's strength. He's strong enough to help you resist all of it. To help you walk uprightly and honorable like Peter talks about. So be on guard, be ready in season and out of season. Take heed to Peter's words as he's older in life. He knows he's been, he walked with Jesus. He did, had some major failures, but had some major restoration and had some major and radical conversions as he just, you know, preached the word as the Holy Spirit worked through him. Let the Holy Spirit work through you and watch what he does. Well, God bless you. I hope this encouraged someone and we'll talk to you next time.